Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, MVG. What's going on, Nate? Great to be here. And uh, been a really interesting day with uh, Sony. It has been an interesting day. And before we get into today's topic, we have to note that today's episode is dedicated to Calvin Atkinson, who donated $100 to our last episode, but we forgot to give him the shout-out dedication at the start of this episode. And as always, if you want to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below on YouTube, where you can give a dollar and you can ask us a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. And if you donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. If you like this video, be sure to subscribe to the channel and give the video a like and leave your thoughts on the topic in the comment section below and today's topic is the playstation 5 showcase the launch price launch lineup and launch date because it is coming sooner than we had anticipated in our predictions video we both had anticipated that sony was going to launch the playstation 5 around november 20th but they surprised us and the playstation 5 is launching on november 12th in the u.s japan and other regions it's launching in europe on November 19th, and it's coming in at a price of $4.99 for the disc edition or $3.99 for the digital edition, and that is a price point that MVG noted in our predictions video, so bravo to you. You nailed that one. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and pre-orders went live tonight, and that's after Sony actually didn't communicate any information about pre-orders, at least not during the event itself. It came out from Jeff Keighley on Twitter where he said, oh, Pre-orders are going to go live tomorrow, and all of a sudden, Walmart, Best Buy, Target, GameStop, all open up their pre-orders, and it was an unmitigated disaster. And MVG, did you get a pre-order in? I did, Nate. I pre-ordered from Walmart. I got the four ninety nine edition. Whether I actually get the system, I'm not sure, because I have heard since then that there are some rumblings that Walmart will be basically refunding people's monies because of just the oversaturation of pre-orders that have occurred so i i give it about a six out of ten whether i get the system but um you know if i don't i'll i'll see if i can source one from via other means but yeah i was uh, i was a part of the pre-order craze i gotta be honest you know i was i was i was in there you know trying to get trying to get a system because you know if you don't get one now there's a chance you may miss out for a while so I was uh, I was fortunate, but again, not sure if I'll actually get the system when it comes out. But we'll see. How about yourself? Did you uh, do you jump on it? I had it in my cart on Walmart. I had all the information filled out, and I exited out of the screen. Then I thought to myself, "Well, you know what? It's not like it's going to come down in price in a year, so maybe I will actually pre-order it." And I had it again on Target, and I again removed it from my cart. And the reason is simply that. After looking at the price of the disc edition, after taxes, you know, comes up to about $535. Yep. And I thought more on it, and I said, you know, outside of Demon's Souls, there's really not that much from the launch software that I need to play right now. So I can wait six months. I can wait for that library to build up a little more. You know, I can wait for Ratchet and Clank to get dated and release, and I can pick myself up, you know, two or three games with the system instead of one, and then, you know, just sit there with nothing to play for a little while. So... I did the mature decision and I'm, you know, I opted to wait. And my thought on it was if I'm looking at the cart and I can't bring myself to hit checkout yeah. right away with all the hype and enthusiasm of a launch coming up, then I don't need it. And that's the side I, you know, leaned into. If I can't bring myself to click that button right now, it means I can wait. I wish and, I wish know. I had your self control. I uh, <laughs> I was very much in the fear of missing out you know mindset at the time but uh, I, mean, I i respect your decision and and <laughs> as as we'll get into um there's there's good reasons for for not jumping on it immediately you know and i mean i might regret this decision come november 12th when i see friends picking up their playstation 5s and i'm sitting there saying oh man maybe i'll drive to a store really quick and see if i can get one see if they still have it in stock maybe i'll regret it come launch day but right now I feel good about my decision of waiting. And this isn't the first time I've waited on Sony hardware. I waited a year to pick up a PlayStation 3 until actually they had the first price drop because at the time the software, especially around launches, wasn't that strong. 
and I was just waiting for a big game to release. And the release for me actually at the time was Heavenly Sword. Mm -hmm. I picked up Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Yeah. Uncharted was coming out about a month later. So I waited for that library to become more diverse and robust before I picked up my PS3. And, you know, maybe I'm going to do that the same with the PlayStation 5. You know, we'll find out. But since we're talking about launch, we have to still talk about the pre-order shambles that Sony unleashed upon the world today because this was a disaster where they didn't give any advance notice. They only gave, you know, a few, not even an hour in some cases. And Sony had promised earlier this year that they would give advance notice as to when pre-orders would open. And they even had the PlayStation Network ID registry where they had users sign up where they would get emails notifying them when pre-orders were open to give them a first chance. And this was like a lottery system. Yeah. That's right. That... And, and those users who put themselves in this registry never even got notified that pre-orders <laughs> open tonight. Yeah, and it's been since confirmed that there's no, no one's received any emails, you know, um, from that, which is hilarious to me. But I mean, you, you, I guess the first thing I want to mention is the pre-order debacle. I was following Twitter and um, in Australia... The pre-orders went live about seven to ten minutes after the showcase. Uh, like EB Games in Australia was already selling pre-orders for the PlayStation Five, so they certainly didn't get the memo um, of you know holding holding back until you know Sony gave the green light to do so. They were already off and running, and I think I think once these big retailers start selling pre-orders, Walmart in the US was the first one, at least the one that I saw. You know, all bets are off. Everyone else is in there because they want to get their they want to get their their sales in as well. And and yeah, it was just it was just nuts. And and to your point about the you know register your interest for a PlayStation Five website, I mean, <laughs> look, I can only I can only put this down to Sony is scrambling right now. Like they they they're, they're scrambling to get this system ready for the holidays and. This is just one of those corners that they cut. They just they just said screw it. We we, we can't deal with this right now. That we have more important things to worry about. Um, the fans will understand and 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 whatnot. But I think it's just one of those things that that they had good intentions to to do so. But in the end, it was just one of those low priority things that that they it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, they botched it. And yep. I mean, people are happy they got their pre orders in. It seems like Walmart's going to have even more pre orders open tomorrow, and they're going to have an additional day of pre-orders on the 22nd, which is the same day as the Xbox Series X and Series S. So they seem to have sufficient stock of PlayStation 5, or they're being told they're gonna have a high allocation of units. And I know this is an interest for some people that we do have an idea of how Sony is going to be stocking the PlayStation 5 Disc Edition versus the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. And this information comes from GameStop locations. And it's looking like the split is going to be six to one in favor of the Disc Edition but I do have to make the note that the digital edition is probably not a unit that GameStop has a high interest in, especially not one to have ample supply of. It doesn't benefit their business model in any way. So that may be intentional by them. Yeah. But I could see Sony undershipping the digital edition, especially in North America, just because this allows them still to advertise PlayStation 5 available as low as $399 even if they're only providing a handful of systems to every retailer, they get that you know, nice low price out in front of you, and that's what they're gonna use in the marketing, and that's smart leading up to launch, especially if you have some, you know, a decent amount of stock available this holidays, which is kind of up in the air right now. We've seen some mixed information where we had Bloomberg report that Sony has had to cut production mm -hmm. due to yield problems, and Sony came out and said, no, that information is false. And what's weird about the situation is that earlier this year, we had the report that suggested Sony was trying to produce 15 million units by the end of March. And then with this new reduction information, it was going back to the original 10 to 11 million units that Sony had basically confirmed earlier in the year. So for them to say it's false yeah. could just mean, well, we never confirmed the higher production. So you saying it's coming down isn't accurate because we never officially changed our stance on this. And 11 million units by March would be more supply than the PlayStation 4 had in a similar time frame. So it may not be too difficult to get a PlayStation 5, depending on the region you're in. I suspect North America is Sony's key focus. We will be getting probably 
60% of the global stock. And, you know, Japan's probably lower priority. Europe is likely maybe secondary priority, though they are getting the unit a week later than North America and Japan and some of the other regions. Right. But it'll be interesting how launch plays out and if they do have a restock before the ho- you know, before Christmas and the other holidays. And I do suspect they will, because that is a lot of units. But they this isn't a good beginning. Because everyone has that anxiety. They want to get to pre-order in. You didn't know when it was going to happen. And unless you were camping out in front of a GameStop tonight, you're luckily <laughs> not getting a GameStop pre-order. Or yes. you can go to GameStop.com and you can pre-order one of their $800 bundles. <laughs> yeah, I love what, how they do that when they do that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's but- online only. You get a, looks like a PlayStation Plus membership, a extra controller, a charging station, and destruction all-star all for like eight hundred and twenty nine dollars wow, so what a deal hey I, I, yeah. I, I have a question so do you think maybe sony is holding back the digital a little bit for the holiday season because i mean having hmm. having a 399 system in in the big advertisements around the black friday time frame just in time for Christmas is, you know, that's obviously very appealing. Do you think maybe they're just holding back some of the, the sales or the pre-orders for the digitals? Or do you think there's, you know, the, the ratio is just the way it is right now? That's an interesting point. Because if you could have the three ninety nine on shelves around Black Friday and in the heart of the holiday shopping season, even if the people were looking for the higher price model, they might say, hey, it's three ninety nine, it's a PlayStation 5. I'll take it. Yeah. And Sony, that would actually favor Sony's interest because I believe it's that if Sony, Sony will earn a substantially higher margin on any digital sales, somewhere in the range, like they'll get 50% more when you buy a third party game digitally versus physically. And they'll get 30% more on first party sales digitally than physically because you're removing the middleman in that case being the retailer. You also don't have to worry about shipping and all these other factors. So that's an interesting point from a business perspective it makes a lot of sense of limit the initial supply flood it for the holidays yeah and make that the go-to model that people will buy because then all of a sudden you're buying those games digitally and as sony confirmed today first party published software for the playstation 5 as i believe it might just be ps5 exclusives are going to be priced at 69.99 that's a ten dollar increase of what we have seen on the PlayStation 4, and it's also following the trend that we saw some third-party publishers announce earlier this year that they are increasing prices of software. I think it was Take-Two. Was it Take-Two with NBA yes. 2K21, I think? Yes, yeah. that's right. And, you know, that met a lot of backlash because people say, well, if you're going to charge us $70 a game, that means microtransactions are going to be removed, right? <laughs> no, microtransactions are here to stay. It's far too profitable yeah and i understand the argument of well if you're increasing the price then you should get rid of these but as you'll hear from analysts and even developers video games have been underpriced for the better part of a decade they should have been 70 dollars at the start of this generation if not during the xbox 360 ps3 generation so this is long overdue yeah but they also increased prices in other regions like europe and australia by far more than just ten dollars in some cases we're looking at like a 30 35 percent increase yeah and it, it's very strange like i know in australia right now a copy of demon souls will cost i think it's like 127 dollars, which is a lot more than you would normally pay for a, you know a video game so it's i think i think you know some countries are really gonna hurt you know feel hurt about mm-hmm. this because it's i mean that's a lot of money to spend on a single video game you know and I believe like first party games from like Nintendo in Australia, I think Breath of the Wild is something like eighty nine or ninety nine dollars. Yeah, it's it's under a hundred, usually under a hundred. So this so, this is definitely yeah. something that will provide a lot of sticker shock for for you know people that are looking to buy next generation games. Yeah, I mean I think it's gonna cause a lot of pause in some cases. I mean, the hardcore, the enthusiast. They're going to say, well, it's only, you know, $10. We'll use American currency just for this discussion because that's mm-hmm. the majority of the listening base. And it's like, oh, it's just $10. And, I mean, if you really want to break it down, if you buy, I'll say, 10 games a year, yeah. well, you know, that's an extra $100 you just spent. And I understand when you break it down, 10 bucks a game, it's not that big of a deal. Or even if you look at it as, well, it's only $100 more a year. Now, let's look at it over the course of a generation. You could have potentially spent 
six, seven hundred dollars more than what you were previously doing. And pricing first party software at like seventy dollars, it gave me pause mm -hmm. that now I do wonder if maybe Sony is gonna embrace more of a Nintendo model of we're not gonna steep discount our games to thirty or forty dollars only a few months after launch. We may keep them, you know, seventy dollars or maybe their steep discount at that point is only gonna be the sixty dollars or what we know as standard game pricing right now. Right. And now all of a sudden, $60 games are going to look like a deal. And like, again, I do believe video games are undervalued. The developer, it's costing hundreds of million dollars to develop some of these games. You have to make money. And if this is the best way for them to do it, yeah, you know, I support that. Developers deserve to be paid. And I mean, I am curious how we're going to see it trickle down to the consumer, how they're going to respond to it, and how we're going to see digital pricing be affected. Are we going to see some of those big, steep sales that we have come accustomed to over the years? Or are companies going to be a little more reserved and they're going to wait longer periods of time to discount some of the software? Well, I think, I think it goes back to what we said in our predictions video. And that was that, you know, if it was going to be a 399 digital system, then Sony would you know, would be banking on the digital store as a way to get their money back. I mean, this is it, right? I mean, they're increasing the game prices. Um, you know, it, to your point, are they going to have these these big sales? They they probably will will not. You know, in the first year or so, like they'll they'll have some stuff out there. But I think I think Sony's first goal is really to get their money back on all the money they're going to lose on the sales of the systems. And then kind of go from there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, the, the $399 price point, the increase in game prices, which I'm, again, I, I like you, I'm, I, I have no issue with. I think it's fine. I think it's overdue. But I think all that, you know, accounts for Sony getting their money back on the sale of, of the PS5, PS5 digital system. Because I mean, they're probably taking, I don't know how much money they're losing on it, like 150 bucks maybe. I mean, we don't really know the numbers, but $399 is an absolute great price for a playstation 5 system and you know they're losing money on that system so yeah the digital thing is is definitely you know what what they're doing and price increases yeah i i i think they may go that that, that with that nintendo model i mean i think there's definitely some some you know some some good info there to to think about yeah, that's a good point that the 399 model or the playstation 5 digital edition is actually a steal at the price that they are offering it at because all they removed is the disk drive and a disk drive is really only about a 10 to 15 dollar difference when it comes to build the materials so even from that point they took a substantial hit there and they could be losing 100 150 dollars on the digital edition and they're looking to make it up with digital sales and subscription services mm -hmm. and you know they've positioned themselves from a business perspective in a strong way to make back that money. And now the launch lineup from Sony for the PlayStation 5 is going to be Astro's Playroom. It comes pre-installed on the PS5 itself. Demon Souls from Bluepoint Games and the Japanese studio. It's going to retail for $70. Destruction All-Stars from Lucid Games. It's going to also retail for $70. Then we have Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. Just as the standalone version, that's going to retail for $50. And then we have Spider-Man Marvel's Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. And that's going to be $70, but it comes with Spider-Man Remastered. And yeah. that's the original Spider-Man that came out on the PlayStation 4. And then we have Sackboy, a big adventure from Sumo Digital. And that's going to cost $60. Now, what do you think of this launch lineup overall before we get into the cross-gen aspect of it? <laughs> well... It's it's what we expected, right? I mean, again, you know, look, if, if if people haven't listened to our predictions video, have a quick listen to it. I mean, I, I want to say that our predictions video kind of aged like fine wine because we, we pretty much nailed it, man. Like, we we did say that um, that Demon Souls would be a launch title. Miles Morales was most likely going to be a launch title. We talked about Sackboy as, as one of the games as well. So, yeah, I mean, no, no real surprises here. I, I think, you know, for me, the biggest takeaway was, and I don't know when they recorded this uh, PS5 showcase. It feels like, they ha like they, they've had it in the can for like four weeks or something. They've just been sitting on it because they didn't really commit to anything 
during the presentation like when they showed the miles morales trailer it said holiday 2020 and we've heard some rumors that you know it wasn't going to make launch it was maybe something that was coming in december or even beyond that but when i saw what they were showing you know they showed that christmas theme and i thought well maybe it is coming out at launch and then it said holiday 2020 and i was like well maybe it's not you know maybe it's i don't know when it's coming out right so it, it really confused me and all the all the other trailers were the same there was really no commitment in the trailers and then it wasn't until after the fact that we we got twitter drops and 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 additional information from sony about you know what was going on and it was it was a very confusing situation and it was it was it was a little concerning to me that you know this was happening because i just felt like why would you not you know commit to these dates at the presentation and i can mm-hmm. only assume again that this presentation was already filmed and in the can for a while i mean I, I can't think of any other reason for it yeah and the miles morales situation was definitely one that kind of caused me it led me to pause for a moment because it did hold you know the show that gameplay showed a trailer and then it came up holiday 2020 and i was like okay to me as you know similar to you to me, that meant this must be coming out in December because otherwise yeah. you could have said launch day. And then when you confirmed the launch day of the hardware at the end of the show, we would have said, okay, it's coming out on November 12th. Yep. And then they continued this pattern where Demon Souls comes up. No mention of a release date. You had yeah. Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. No mention of a release date. And I was kind of wondering, like, what type of messaging are you guys doing here? And lo and behold, much like the pre-order situation, Sony waits until after the show to begin to even detail some of the games coming to launch. And it started with Jeff Keighley, once again, (laughs) confirming that Demon's Souls is a launch game. And it was kind of like, why didn't you confirm this at the event? Isn't that the purpose of the event? To relay information. I shouldn't have to look for it on social media or websites after a presentation is shown it's like watching a baseball game and only finding out the final score in tomorrow's newspaper why did i watch yeah i watched to get the information yeah and i I agree i agree it was it was very very confusing man yeah and we'll get into this a little later it got even more confusing when all of a sudden some of these launch games like sackboy a big adventure and miles morales get confirmed as titles for the PlayStation 4. <laughs> it, and that's it, a topic we'll dive into a little later, but do you think the PlayStation 4 versions of these have lessened the impact of them being PlayStation 5 launch games for you? Yes. Yes, I think I think they have. I mean, I I know what we're going to this is a, a separate topic, but real quick, I mean, Sony has told us, right? Jim Ryan himself told us that, you know, there would be no cross-gen games right like ghost of tsushima was was it right so now all of a sudden they're kind of backtracking on that on that message and and i i knew something was going on when they showed the final fantasy uh trailer and it said exclusive to playstation consoles i was like well what does that mean does that mean ps4 and ps5 and lo and behold i mean you know pretty much most of their launch lineup is going to also run on the ps4 so yeah a a lot of confusion and if it wasn't for the fact that you and i both are regular twitter users then we would have been none the wiser we would have just kind of walked away thinking okay well they're all ps5 games and look maybe that's what sony want maybe that's what they were going for maybe you know maybe they wanted just the general public the majority of people out there just to assume that these were playstation 5 titles and they weren't going to run on the ps4 but it was very very confusing overall and and i didn't i didn't really care for it to be honest with you yeah we'll dive into that topic in a little <laughs> bit and right now we're going to touch on some of the new games that they announced during the show and those include devil may cry 5 special edition from capcom final fantasy 16 from square enix what did you, th- what did you think of final fantasy 16 um i could see the vibes of final fantasy 14 coming through very strong um there wasn't enough shown in the trailer itself to really give me an idea of what to anticipate from the exploration or even the combat system they only showed us little glimpses of it visually i was not impressed with it, it looked very it stiff looked, didn't it 
Yeah, it looks stiff, and the voice acting was very flat. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this is this is definitely early in development. Just the fact that they showed it on the PC and not a PlayStation Five pretty much indicates that. I'm not anticipating Final Fantasy 16 probably to come out until. I mean, let's see. This is Square Enix. It's a Final Fantasy game. We're in 2020. Probably looking at 2027. <laughs> they said 2021. <laughs> so right. I mean, do you think that was just a placeholder for now? <laughs> yeah. They never hit. I mean, how many times was Final Fantasy 7 remake coming out? Uh, never. I mean, I think if I think about any Final Fantasy game, even going back to the Final Fantasy 7 on the on the PlayStation, I mean, there's always been delays, right? It's it's just part right. of it's it's a part of the you know the whole whole you know psyche of the of that whole genre yeah and and i mean that's the thing we still have some games from you know square's involvement that people are anticipating that could still come out in 2020 and i'm referring to bravely default 2 for the Mm -hmm. nintendo switch and i'm anticipating that that is going to be delayed till 2021 and it makes sense the demo had some problems to it covid happened and probably by the time people are listening to this i wouldn't really be surprised if we did find out it was delayed or Maybe it will find out it's delayed next week when the Tokyo Game Show happens, but that's a different matter. Um, we also had Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. It seems kind of an odd game for this presentation. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, it's the Harry Potter game from Avalanche mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers. And honestly, this game could not have been announced at a worse time <laughs> when it comes to the Harry Potter universe with J.K. Rowling this yeah completely destroying herself and her yeah. reputation yep. every day agree so i get it. you're not going to pull it from your show it's still a big game and it is one of those situations where do you remove the creator from the art and it's tough because you know jk rowling is going to profit from this product and you know i'm not going to get political and everything but i mean this is kind of just a human's rights issue mm-hmm. and it's I know Harry Potter was important to so many people. It helped them come out of like a depression or it helped them find themselves. And when you see the creator of that series doing what they are doing and hurting so many people with their views and their words, it was just a really, it's really disheartening. And this was just really bad timing for this game to be announced and shown. Agree. And then we had a new God of War title, which (laughs) was just a nice teaser. It came up, said, Ragnarok is coming and it ended with a 2021 release date or time window. We also said this in our predictions video that they would end the show with a God of War teaser. Yep, we called and it. We said it was going to be like a Metroid Prime 4 t- <laughs> tease. Pretty much the same thing, right? Just the, yeah, it was. the God of War Amiga logo and the word Ragnarok on there. And that was pretty much it. It's been a nice little voiceover and that was it. And it got the people hyped and they ran out and they pre ordered and then they. <laughs> sat down 10 minutes after pre-order and said wait a minute <laughs> what, what did i just do what game am i getting it again what am i playing and- what am i playing uh, in the, on november the 12th again oh playstation like, 4 games that's right that's right and i'll get god of war later until they announce it for the playstation 4 next year <laughs> but yeah there's nothing from these new announcements that particularly i wouldn't say shocked me because you know we did predict in our previous video, God of War and Final Fantasy 16, we were anticipating them. Five Nights at Freddy's, I know, is a very popular game amongst teens and children. It's not a game I've ever played, so it didn't do anything with me. There was also Hogwarts one game that you that you forget, and that was Deathloop. Deathloop. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people forgot that game. <laughs> um, <laughs> for good reason. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. I like what they're doing with this game. Yeah, I, I was... I was it was a good announcement it was not something that i had anticipated and uh yeah i mean this is something that i would i would probably jump on again because i really liked uh, devil may cry 5 and it has three optional modes now you have 4k 30 frames a second or you can do 1080p 60 frames a second both of those come with ray tracing Mm -hmm. or you can choose high frame mode and play the game at 120 frames per second but you don't get ray tracing yep and I don't know about that 4K 30 frame. I mean, isn't Devil May Cry all about 60 frames a second? Yeah. You want that fast-paced combat. So I don't know how many people are going to be going for that 4K option. I I don't know either. I mean, Devil May Cry has always been that, you know, very fast um, reactionary type of gameplay where it's, it's, you know, you're you're mashing buttons, but 
you've got it's just that fluid motion you know when you're when you're in combat so yeah that 30 fps mode i'm not really onto that but we'll see we'll see how it works out and we also have the trailer of Resident Evil 8. No release date or even a general time window, but it looks fantastic. Yeah, I, it I can't. It looked it looked better than than the original Village trailer, which I gotta be mm-hmm. honest, didn't really grab me. Um, oh. This one, this one did. I, I'm 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 getting I'm becoming a believer in in the Village game. <laughs> and then Sony came out with a announcement. That kind of feeds into their backwards compatibility that they still have failed to detail in full outside of Jim Ryan saying 99% of PlayStation 4 games will work on PS5. Great, but we need some specifics. And the announcement is that if you have PlayStation Plus and you have a PlayStation 5, you are going to be offered the PlayStation Plus collection. And the PlayStation Plus collection is a carefully curated library of PlayStation 4 games that in Sony's mind define the generation. And these will include Batman Arkham Knight, Bloodborne, Fallout 4, God of War, Monster Hunter World, Persona 5, Uncharted 4, The Last of Us Remastered, and many more. And I don't fully understand what this collection is. I don't know if this is like Games with Gold, where they're just giving us some of now what would be referred to as last-gen games as part of PlayStation Plus, or is Sony paywalling backwards compatibility? Oh, I, I don't know, Nate. Um, this one has me a little confused and a little concerned because as someone who's a big Bloodborne fan and look, I expect day one to put in my Bloodborne disc into my new PlayStation 5 and be able to play without any without any issues. If they are basically locking us out of doing that in favor of, hey, you have to use the PlayStation, you have to you know purchase a license to use the PlayStation Plus collection, I'm going to be pretty annoyed about that. I hope I hope that's not the case. I hope this is just a value add type of scenario where, you know, if you want to sample a collection of some of the best PS4 games that were, you know, part of a, a greatest hits type of collection, then this is what you would you would jump on. But I just can't help but shake the feeling that they are going to block out some backward compatibility and you know and push you to use the playstation plus collection because hey let's face it you know you're going to pay extra money to play these games even if you still own them and i think that's what what sony is trying to do but i I will say we don't really know how this is going to play out so you know my information or my my opinions on this could be completely off base i i hope this is just a a a feature that complements existing backward compatibility and that 99% number is actually a a realistic number and yeah we'll we'll see how this plays out but I I I felt like this you know if they were trying to tell us something with this it didn't really come across maybe the right way because I still have so many more questions about this service and I guess I did when I when I when I first saw the actual you know advertisement for it yeah I was I've looked for the information. Like I've read it on the blog. I've looked at other websites to see if maybe there was a press release with further details. And it's pretty much just a general, hey, we're going to give you some PlayStation 4 games. Here's the list. And I shouldn't assume that it's going to be, you know, backwards compatibility or maybe some of these, you know, extra features of backwards compatibility are going to be locked behind the paywall. This is Sony. It's not Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo would do that to us. But the fact that we still just don't have 100% clarity, if it is just, hey, maybe you didn't have a PlayStation 4, and now if you buy a PS5 and you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you get access to these great games. All right, that's cool. That's awesome. I just hope, yeah, if I have a digital copy of some of these PlayStation 4 games or I have the physical copy, I can't put them in my PlayStation 5. I get all the benefits that they're talking about. And, you know, it's something we do have to wait more to find out information on. Hopefully we get that clarity soon. And it's just one of those things that, right. you know, you just had an event for it. You clarified things in your blog. Why didn't you go, you know, a little deeper into these details? And that's something I need to see before launch. I need to know this type of information. Yeah. I, I, I just hope that this 1% of games that apparently aren't compatible with the PlayStation 5, I hope this is not the 1%, I guess is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I hope the 1% is purely because those games for some reason or another maybe it's due to licensing or maybe it's due to technical reasons aren't running on the ps5 hardware right 
yeah, it's just gonna be some like obscure indie game that nobody even recalls releasing. Yep. And it's not like, oh, it's Bloodborne. Be like, wait, what? Well, Red Spider Return of the Bird King or something like that, you know. <laughs> and actually the sony show did have another game i forgot about it and it was call of duty black ops cold war they showed us a gameplay demonstration of it it takes place during basically i believe it's the iranian contra yeah. hostage situation mm-hmm. it looks like call of duty yeah and the beta opens for playstation 4 users i believe this week for yep. this the, weekend the alpha so, yeah yep so you can play some of that multiplayer see how you like it and you know it's probably be another strong launch game for the platform but it is cross-gen it's call of duty you either love it or you don't there's really no in between when it comes to call of duty and the gaming community you love it or hate it and now we're going to get into the fun part the part everyone's been waiting for <laughs> so um jim ryan is quite the marketing man earlier this year in may he said that there are no plans in making cross-gen titles. And he specifically said, don't expect any first-party titles after Ghost of Tsushima to make its way to the PlayStation 4. And he put out an interesting quote. And this was a quote a lot of people use to bash Microsoft and Matt Booty. Jim Ryan said at the time, we have always said that we believe in generations. We believe that when you go to all the trouble to, of creating a next-gen console, that it, should, that it should include features and benefits that the previous generation does not include. And that, in our view, people should make games that can make the most of those features. So he quite plainly said, we believe in generations. The PlayStation 4 generation is its own thing. PlayStation 5 is the start of a new generation. We're going to focus on PlayStation 5. And then today, the big news. Spider-Man Miles Morales, Sackboy A Big Adventure, and the biggest shocker of them all guerrilla games horizon forbidden west yeah will be releasing on the playstation 4 and all i can say to you sony is you lied to us and you deceived us you for months intentionally misled us while microsoft despite their flaws despite matt booty's wording causing so many problems they were transparent and they said exactly what they were going to do and Sony kept this information and they presented these games in a way of you can only play this on the PlayStation 5 but all of a sudden on the eve of September 16th, 2020 three of the I'll say big PlayStation 5 games Horizon Forbidden West being the biggest of the three are coming to the PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. my reason to invest in the next gen just diminished a bit. And I have no problem with them being cross-gen games because it helps me. You saved me $500, Sony, because I can play Horizon on my PlayStation 4. I can play Miles Morales on my PlayStation 4. Thank you. Right now, the only reason I would buy a PlayStation 5 at launch is Demon's Souls. And maybe by the time this airs, somehow we'll find out it's coming to PlayStation 4 as well. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm trying to come up with a logical explanation as to why this has happened. And yeah, I mean, this, this was just a, a flat out lie by by Jim Ryan. I mean, I, I can't I can't really think of anything else to to try to defend, you know, what they've done here. And yeah, I agree with you. And I want to be clear that I have no issues with cross gen games. I, in fact, I, I love the fact that they're doing that for these games. But I just I just am so confused at the messaging here. You know, there and I knew, like I said at, uh, earlier on, like. I knew something was up when they when you know they would they would flash that that card that that said PlayStation exclusive or you know coming to PlayStation consoles. It's like, well, you're not specifically saying PS5, so what are you saying here, the Sony? And and again, they don't tell you during the presentation. They only tell you after the fact when they're kind uh-huh. of pressed on it by you know by by the media. So it's very very shady stuff. It doesn't look good. Perception is reality and. Honestly, Sony, you kind of screwed this one up because this this is this is pretty big. I mean, there are a lot of people that are, are pretty outraged and frustrated right now about this, and you know, rightfully so. I mean, you know, you've got it's gone from a oh, I've I must pre-order a PS5 because these games will only be available on the PS5 to well, the only game that that will be available on the PS5 
is you know is demon souls right um and well astro's playroom that, that comes with the system but it's it's just kind of shady tactics here and i don't really know you know you know how how to justify what they've done here and I don't know if they've come out and tried to clarify their their previous statements uh, yet on on social media or in the, in the press or anything, but it just doesn't look good. I mean, it looks bad, and like I said, perception is reality. And look, th- this one is this, this this is not a good look for Sony. Yeah, it was it was marketing deception. Yep, you know, pure and simple. And like as we said, I'm glad these games are coming to PlayStation Four. You saved me a lot of money, Sony. But it came out several months ago to say we're not doing cross gen to look better in the war against Microsoft because Microsoft was being dragged through the mud for that statement. Matt Booty was being made to look a fool when he said, we're still going to commit to the Xbox One series of product for the next you know, 12 months or more. And then you announce games coming out in 2021 are still coming to the PlayStation 4. And Jim Ryan even made another comment tonight saying we're going to stay committed to the PlayStation 4 community for the next three to four years. That, I mean, again, now that, I, I, lo- I love the fact that they're, they're, they're going to stick with the PS4, but that was not the mm-hmm. message that we were told literally, you know, earlier this year, like in the middle of the year, over the summer. It just doesn't make sense that they're, they're kind of, you know, going back on that. Yeah, and I would have loved the transparency months ago. I would have accepted it and said, that's fine. Both companies are going cross-gen. This could just be budget reasons. I'm sure Horizon... Forbidden West is a high-budget game, and you're not going to make all your money back when there's only going to be a limited amount of systems out in those first few months. So, you know, the decision makes sense. Miles Morales, in the back of my mind, I always expected it to come to the PlayStation 4. It made too much sense not to. The game was in development alongside the PlayStation 4's original Spider-Man. So it was kind of like, you're probably being built, you know, you're being built on the exact same engine. So you're being built with the PlayStation 4 still in mind, but you're going to take advantage of that SSD to you know load the city quicker and you're still going to get those benefits of these games on the playstation 5 it's still taking advantage of the ssd and all the you know the ps5's bells and whistles but it was just you guys could have been a little more transparent with this and let fans know it shouldn't have been a mention in your playstation blog after your playstation 5 event tonight you know on september 16th of oh yeah you know those um you know those handful of big ps5 games yeah they kind of come out on the playstation 4 too and had microsoft done this with halo infinite if they just said halo infinite is coming to xbox series x and series s and then yeah in september they announced oh yeah it's coming to the xbox one as well people would have been oh you know what you know what why did you do that microsoft and look how look how many narratives were spun that the xbox one held back halo infinite yep that was the cause of the problems well, if Horizon's era of Horizon Forbidden West isn't perfection, is it because of the PlayStation Four? Yeah, I mean uh, the same the same arguments apply again, and it's man, right. it, it's really really frustrating that that this is happening. And you're right, I mean Sony is seemingly getting a pass for this, and Xbox got dragged through the coals for this. You know, it, it mm-hmm. it's it's the same situation, and in fact, I mean. Sony's going to have, you know, the only kind of PS5 exclusive will be Demon Souls and uh, Astro's Playroom at at launch. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about Destruction All Stars. Is that a PS5 exclusive or is that a PS4 title as well? I think I think it's a PlayStation Five exclusive okay. as well. So I mean, and, and and Microsoft will have the Medium and um, I think the uh, the new Tetris Effect games coming out uh, at launch right. as well. And- I mean. So I mean, and Yakuza, and Yakuza. I mean, how much different are these systems at launch? They, they're going to be pretty much the same. You know, Microsoft got a raw deal for being told you don't have any games, you don't have any exclusives. But I mean, Sony is pretty much in the same situation. I just feel like they're they're getting a pass for this. I talked about this the other day that no one is really thinking about it because, like I said, Nate, they showed that God of War trailer. The hype mm-hmm. was there, and then as soon as the show's over, the pre-orders open up. Everyone is whipped into a frenzy. I got to get a pre-order. I got to get a pre-order. And once the dust settles, you know you're going to be thinking to yourself, "Well, what did I pre-order this system for? What am I going to be playing?" I mean, if you're not if you're not a Demon Souls fan, what are you going to be playing at launch? And and that's that's where it gets a little tricky. I mean, you, you're going to be playing, 
you know miles morales great but you could just fire up your ps4 and play that as well and i think that's that's really where it gets really interesting for me because i think sony just they just i don't know man like it, it just (laughs) <laughs> they they dodged a bullet here, you know. Like they 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 should be being dragged right now for this, and and they're not. And I think it's a little unfair that Microsoft, you know, did get dragged yeah. over the mud for it. Microsoft took the they took the bullets, took man. The, yeah, they took the brunt of all that frustration of how dare you make these cross gen games? How dare you not give yeah. us exclusive next gen releases from your first party studios? Their transparency and- was their downfall, and and that's that yeah. sucks because you know I've always been a big believer in if if you know just just say what you want to say you know be be honest with 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 the people and especially yeah, especially the consumers yeah you you want the goodwill of the consumer base because you know they're the reason you're a successful company and if you start to lie or deceive them I mean this is a it's a minor lie in the grand scheme of things especially from what a company can do. It was just, it was a shady tactic where it really looked like they saw Microsoft had a moment of weakness and they were like, they wanted to pounce on and say, look how much better we are. Yeah. And and when it came to the last minute, it's, yeah, but we're doing the same thing. But remember, they did it first. Yeah. Be mad at them. Forgive us because we have demon souls and and God of War is coming out in a year or more. And it's like, yeah, you're right. You, You do have God of War. And like, yeah, demon souls is exclusive. Awesome. Ratchet and Clank as of this moment, is still exclusive to PlayStation 5, and I imagine it will remain that way. The game you, appears to be very reliant on the SSD. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, if that's if that's a PS4 game, which I, I don't think it is. I mean, let's be honest. I think it's PS5 yeah. exclusive. That would be something else if, if they came out and said that. But, like, I still have to pause now kind of on any of the PlayStation 5 games from Sony partners that were shown back in June. Yeah. Could Gran Turismo 7 be a PlayStation 4 game? It could It could very easily be a PlayStation like, 4 game. Like Now, all of these, I'm going to begin to question, and now yep. I have to wait of when do they want to be transparent with us and announce that it is a cross-gen release. Microsoft was very open about it. They said, hey, guys, for that year, our first-party published games are going to be cross-gen, and... I mean, Halo Infinite ends up being delayed for who knows how long. It's still going to come to the Xbox One if it does, you know, whenever the game does come out, maybe a year from now, maybe a little more. But we knew about it. We could set the expectation of, hey, we know. Sony just seemed like they waited for that last minute. They waited the night of pre-orders to drop that information. And they only did it in a PlayStation blog. And I get it. It's business. It's marketing. I'm not going to tell you that you can play this on another system. I want you to buy my new system. I don't want you to buy it on the PlayStation 4. I want you to invest $500 or, you know, $400 in a $70 copy. I want to make money off you. I want to make the most money I can off you. And that's what happened here. It was deception. It was shady. Don't do this again, Sony. No company do this. Yeah. be you know be forthcoming be transparent yeah microsoft it didn't work for you unfortunately but you know you can't condemn one company for doing it and then let the other one get a pass you have to be equal here yeah you if you were mad about that if you're mad about halo you better be mad about horizon forbidden west yep yep is horizon is horizon forbidden west being held back by the ps4 now I mean, I guess it could be, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what everyone has been saying for several months when it came to Microsoft. Was it being developed on? Was it being developed on a PS4 dev kit all this time? We don't know, right? I mean, now, now that all these questions are being asked about, you know, these games, and I think that's that's really kind of the the fallout that we're going to see um, Mm -hmm. with this stuff. You know, Sony, if you just if you just let the if you just let us know when you announced these games way back um, over the summer, I think things would have been fine. You know, there's, you know, yeah. when when the last generation when there were cross gen games, I mean, it was I don't really remember this happening before. You know, it was very clear. You know what was cross gen, and you know if you're going to buy the Xbox One version or the PS4 version of a game that ran on the 360 or the PS3, you knew what you were getting. You were getting you know the yep. kind of the enhanced version and they they were very open and honest about it but this time around for some reason it just seems like they just held their their cards close to their chest and decided to let it slip after the event it's not cool yeah. not cool at all and, i mean when i look back at the event now it feels like they were it was a group picture and the person taking the picture us i guess the audience the viewing audience 
we had a camera up and we put beauty mode on <laughs> and glory and all that beautiful glory nice yeah. perfect skin and beautiful hair and then the event ended and we took the phone away from our face yep. and we saw those deep wrinkles and the blemishes of what was actually happening and it was like whoa that's not what that's not the initial perception it was it was beautiful and the event was good yeah like the event was good the event had me to the point where i was saying i'm probably going to you know pre-order playstation 5 if they become available tonight and then everything after that that came out cross-gen games which isn't a bad thing again it just convinced me that i can i can still play my playstation 4 for another six months and still get you know some quality releases yeah but it just it it hurts the presentation when you can have the consumer hesitate yes that's not what you want as a business you want to create supply or you want to create demand and then you have limited supply and you create that urgency that desire the need and instead they took away that need for me they i i'm content and I will wait. I will wait for Ratchet and Clank to be dated and release, and then I will pick up Demon Souls alongside of it, and I will have two quality games that are exclusive to the PlayStation Five that I will enjoy, and I will play Sackboy and Miles Morales and Horizon Forbidden West on my PlayStation Four, and you know I will enjoy them there, which is fine. I want consumers to enjoy these games, and like that's where I would applaud you, Sony, six months ago, if you were transparent about this with these games, but you intentionally misled us. And so, that is why I'm condemning you now. So let's move on. I, I have a, a couple of things I wanted to to ask and bring to your attention. So right now, you know, it's September the 17th and it's, uh, you know, we're how many weeks away from launch? Is it three weeks, four weeks? I don't know. It's it's close, right? I mean, it's I'm imminent, launch right? For about, we're, we'll say about seven to eight weeks. Uh, seven weeks um, from launch. I, I missed a month in there for some reason. I'm not sure why I did that. But so right now, Nate, we we here's where we are. We're, we're many of us have pre-ordered a system that we haven't actually seen physically, other than CGI renders, right? And it's always the same one that they're showing us. So we haven't we haven't actually seen a PS5 in the flesh, right? We haven't seen anyone turn the system on and show us the boot up process we haven't seen the user interface we haven't seen games loading on the device we haven't seen anything to do with the system itself other than some pretty looking cgi how how can how can people and look i'm guilty of this but this is a general question how can people pre-order a system that they have zero knowledge about and let's be honest other than the fact that it's a playstation 5 we haven't seen anything to do with the system. Microsoft has shown so much more of their systems than what uh-huh. Sony has, yet Sony is obviously going to completely destroy Microsoft this generation. But how do you how do you buy a system and not even know anything about it? I think a lot of it just does. They know they're going to have limited supply. They know hype is high. They know they have that committed fan base that it would buy it even if the title screen was them pointing and laughing at you (laughs) you know it wouldn't have mattered they're gonna buy it based on that hype and i guess you would say consumer confidence and the brand yeah that you know you had a playstation 4 you loved it you're gonna buy a playstation 5 but no you bring up a good point of we don't know the user interface we don't know how it's going to handle backwards compatibility to its fullest yet they've been very vague on those details we're really just buying it right now based on the promise that it's sony and we believe they're going to do right by the you know the customer like they have in previous generations right right but, i mean to me it is it's i understand why you know you just jump in you're a gamer this is the new thing you buy it yep How i does, do think uh, it should have been more forthcoming though and overall you know show us the ui yeah. show us that new you know cross media bar that you keep saying that you've you know you've created show us all of these features and functionality in a meaningful way i mean microsoft came out and said here we are with some of these xbox one games loaded up on an xbox series x look the advantage of the ssd yeah sony did this with spider-man behind closed doors and they told us about it saying oh we loaded the whole city in a second show us show us the comparison really quick show me the spider-man remastered that you just announced tonight 
running on the PS5 compared to the PlayStation 4 version. Yeah. Show me those improvements. You could have done it tonight and you could have just helped us understand a little more. And maybe they do another presentation in October leading up to launch where they go over all this information. But I feel like tonight would have been the proper time to do it, especially when you opened pre-orders half an hour later. That's what I thought too. And I think it's very clear to me that this system is coming in hot. I mean, it seems like Microsoft has a handle on the hardware they have for a while. And Sony is, and again, perception, but it seems like they're, they're just racing to get these systems out for launch. I think there'll be a you know a day one firmware update and, a, and an update that, that comes out. But I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how this will play out. I, I want to see Sony do a presentation where you know they talk about some of the specs of the system in some more detail, and hopefully, sometime in August, uh, in uh, in October, we'll, we'll we'll get to see that. But yeah, right now, I just can't think of a a launch where it's been ever like this. And I know this year has been a very very crazy year for many different reasons, obviously, but you know it's september and we've been sold a a piece of plastic in a cgi render and that's that's kind of where we're at right now you know well we did finally get the weight it's just south of like 10 pounds it's like 9.9 pounds it's very tall it's very long it's i believe it's bigger than the xbox series x in almost every way i believe it even outweighs it so this is a big boy yep um here's a question for you it is september we just now found out the pricing and the launch dates for both of these systems. And considering that the pricing for pretty much both of these systems were exactly what most were anticipating, Mm -hmm. and the release window was exactly what most people were anticipating, though Sony came a little sooner than expected, what was the point of this game of cat and mouse? Oh my God. And Jim Ryan came out today and said, we settled on the price of the PlayStation 5 many months ago. We always knew we were going to price one of the models the same as the PlayStation 4. So would it made a difference had you date, you know, priced this in June? Why did you wait until mid-September and seven weeks from launch? What was, what was the reason <laughs> for this? I, I don't understand it now. If you had already settled on a price, or at least the range, and you didn't react to Microsoft's you know, pricing. Yeah. And you come out exactly what everyone expected, three ninety nine and four ninety nine. I don't understand. What what was the point of this whole wait? I, I don't think we'll ever know. I mean it, it it seems very strange. You know, it has to be it has to be Microsoft, right? I mean it has to be the competition. But look, it's very hard to take Jim Ryan at his word right now with some of the things he said because <laughs> he, he has said some things in the last you know, last 24 hours that have just been completely wrong. So I'm not saying he's lying again, but it just, man, it's hard to really know why, why we've waited so long. I think for me, I think there was some question marks whether these systems would actually be ready to go for the holiday. <laughs> and I think they've just waited for the last possible minute before pulling the trigger. I mean, I think the price, you know, the price was probably always set at that. That, that, that could well be the case. But yeah, I mean... You know, they were thinking probably maybe in like July or, um, you know, June, July timeframe that maybe, you know, things were, things weren't going to work out for the holiday and maybe they'd have to delay things a little bit. And it sounds like, like I said, it, it sounds like the system is coming in really hot for the holiday and, and maybe they just waited to the last possible minute. But look, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that, honestly. It just seems like they prolonged the wait to get this information out there for, Apparently no real reason because yeah. they both did what everyone was really anticipating. And it was kind of like, you didn't really have to do it this way. You guys could have been a little more forthcoming a couple months ago. I mean, if the reasoning was, we really don't know about, you know, production yields. We're not sure if we're going to have the supplies due to COVID impacts. We don't know how many units we're going to have ready for the holidays. We have to wait and see once we get production lines moving and we can see where we're at, you know, come August that, okay, we can produce half a million a month or a million a month. Now we can confidently say we're launching this holiday. That's fine. I will accept that. One of the two, come out and just say it, that we were unsure about supplies from our distributors. Mm-hmm. And once we, got, you know, once we found out that we could manufacture at the pace that we need, that's why we waited. I want to see one of the companies confirm that. It's not you know classified information. It's not some top secret things that you have to wait. But one of you, do it just to give us an idea of why did we wait 
two to three extra months. Normally, we would have got this stuff dated in June. Yep. And, I mean, from the perception of it all, there was no reason for this wait. But, well, as you said, we'll probably never actually find out. I'm just glad we're at this point now where it's everything's done and now it's just, you know, yep. let's get these systems out. Because it's been it's been a year, man, with, with this stuff. Just the, the cat and mouse game, as you mentioned, the back and forth. All this stuff, you know, the, the, the showcases that we've seen, it's, uh, I'm, I'm sure both Sony and Microsoft uh, would be glad to uh, finally get these systems out. Yeah, they can finally move on and now they can focus on getting the games out, get, you know, getting their launch out, doing as, doing the best they can and focusing on the future because that's where we all want to be in the future. We want to <laughs> get out of the current situation and hope for better days. And now we'll move into some Streamlab questions because we do have a few. We had a $5 donation from The Real Carry, who said, I'm a man of my word. The 3D All-Stars collection was real, so here's your donation. I'm ready for all the Zelda collection rumors in 2021. Is it possible, though, since Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are already on 3DS? Maybe Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword instead. Thanks for the great podcast. Much love from the UK. Um, I think anything is on the table right now. It's They yeah. could go a number of different ways. This collection could be larger than the Mario 3D All-Stars collection. It could be... Yeah, it, it could be spanning multiple cartridges with volumes, for example. It, it's very cool. interesting and exciting to think uh, about the possibilities that we'll get with uh, the Zelda collections. Yeah, I mean, my... My thought is that they would probably do a dual pack of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess from the Wii U, do some minor enhancements to them, package that for $60, and then Skyward Sword would likely need a little more work, especially with the motion control. And we just saw with the 3D All-Stars collection that Galaxy 2 likely hasn't been included due to the Yoshi controls that would have required a lot more work to get that to function correctly. So Skyward Sword would probably be a standalone release in my mind. But, I mean, that's a lot of Zelda in a single year if we're looking at a dual-pack Skyward Sword HD plus Breath of the Wild 2. I mean, we're getting Age of Calamity to end the current year. So, you know, I am interested to see how Nintendo approaches it. I wouldn't mind seeing the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask from the 3DS, those versions, getting a nice HD coat of paint because those are really, really good remasters and it'd be a shame to keep them on the 3DS. But... Yeah, there's, there's really a lot of avenues Nintendo could explore for Zelda next year when it comes to a collection. Yeah, absolutely agree. Then we had a $5 donation from Brian who writes, Do you think we might see a Zelda collection consisting of Ocarina, <laughs> Wind Waker, and Skyward Sword with Twilight Princess HD as a separate release and Majora's Mask will be the Galaxy 2 of the Zelda collection? Well, we kind of touched on that question in the previous answer but yeah i mean it's definitely possible nintendo can do a lot of things of how they want to approach it i just don't know how much zelda they want to give us in 2021 it is the anniversary but look at what they gave us with mario this year are they going to go a little i don't want to use the term lazy but are they going to go a little lower effort with zelda or are they going to do a high effort because breath of the wild 2 should be their headline zelda release for next year and you know, you don't want to get Zelda out, even though the older Zelda games are completely different game design compared to Breath of the Wild 2. You still don't want to give people like eight Zelda games and then Breath of the Wild 2 comes out and you're kind of like, I don't want to play Zelda again. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how Nintendo approaches it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know that they have a Nintendo 64 emulator, so they could they could put those two N64 games on a collection pretty easily, I would think. And yeah, like I said, the possibilities are, uh, are, are interesting and we'll see what they decide to give us. Then we had a $3 donation from Tarpley91 who writes, Obviously, Xbox wanted Halo at launch, but it's looking like the delay might turn out all right. I'm thinking the Series X and S will sell their 5 to 7 million units at launch no matter what. Halo in 2021 now gets to serve as a second wave of launch. Thoughts? I agree. I'm, I'm good with it. I um, I think that 
Sony, um, you know, they've got their hands full. Microsoft with the Series X, you know, after they delayed Halo, I got the feeling that they kind of just breathe a sigh of relief a little bit that, hey, now we can really focus on on getting a good launch and, you know, focusing on, you know, Game Pass and making sure that everything goes smooth as far as units and, and, and selling to uh, to retailers and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it, man. I, I think the delay of Halo will ultimately be a good thing for both 343 and Microsoft and and the fans i mean i think it's you know it it was very disappointing that it it turned out that way it was obviously a game that was far from completion but i think it was the right move and i think it will will do very very well when it comes out yeah and especially with the information coming out today that uh horizon forbidden west is a cross-gen game with the playstation 4 i think that kind of you know dampens the playstation 5 a little bit that one of their big releases for 2021 is now cross-gen just mm-hmm. you know from that perception value and now with the halo getting that delay and them working on it to make it the best game that they can and launching it in the second half of 2021 i mean that's the expectation maybe they surprise us and it releases sooner but you know halo could serve as that second wave launch as they mentioned because we've seen what microsoft has for 2022 with like fable and new ips from obsidian it's really 2022 where microsoft hits their stride and with Sony having this cross-gen situation now, it's kind of looking like maybe Sony doesn't hit their stride until late 2021 and early 2022 themselves. Yeah. And now it makes Microsoft actually not look as weak as they did, you know, 12 hours ago, not even 12 yep. hours ago, like seven hours ago. Yep. So it's really, it's actually curious how things are playing out. And then we had a $10 donation from Skit Tittles, who writes, hello again, Nate and MVG. I've had this glaring suspicion for a while now and would love if you could help me rectify it. I'm just not convinced that Jeff Grubb and Brian Crescenti aren't the same person. So can you have them both on at the same uh, at the same episode? <laughs> we'll see what we can do. I'm sure I'm sure we'll get Grubb back on the show here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, we can well, ask we have him. On. We'll ask him if he's actually Brian Crescente. And I mean, they both have beards and they both have lush, long flowing dark hair. So, and I think they're both in Colorado. <laughs> so they could be the same person. We're, we're going to have to find out this for you. We'll ask, we'll ask Jeff next time we have him on. And then we had a $3.80 donation. That's an interesting number from David Cass JRPGs writes every week i'm always looking forward to your show please keep up the great work you both are frigging great thank you thank you we are frigging great (laughs) and that will conclude tonight's episode of nate the hate i'd like to thank mvg for joining me as always thanks for having me on nate and um shame about that silent hill announcement Hey, now, <laughs> I said it was either going to be Final Fantasy 16 or Silent Hill. Couldn't be both. We got one. <laughs> you know, you win some, you lose. <laughs> one day, the hill will rise. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. Maybe when we see the user interface. We'll yeah, see yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll tease Silent Hill when we see the UI. That's right. And you can find MVG's channel in the description below. If you enjoyed the content, give the video a like and be sure to subscribe to the channel. Let us know your thoughts on PlayStation 5's showcase event in the comment section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.